Ashley Bush was last seen on Monday, October 31st, in a vehicle with a woman who called herself Lucy. Lucy was supposedly helping Ashley get a job. Ashley was 31 weeks pregnant. Unfortunately, Lucy was actually a woman named Amber Waterman, who murdered Lucy and cut her child out of her womb. Amber and her husband Jamie have both been arrested in the matter. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver and i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going it's going well well good as long as um maybe the wind calms down a bit i i had the funniest little moment with my dog zizi who's she's about 12 pounds so she's not that little but she the wind was blowing so bad this morning and I looked at her just as this big gust sort of buffeted her. And then she looked at me and I was standing at the back door and she just ran as fast as she could go. Like she thought she was about to fly to Oz. And I was kind of <laughs> wondering also if she might oh. be. That was some crazy wind. But it's the look awful. on her face when she saw me at the door she was like, oh, my God, you know, and just ran <laughs> her life. It was pretty funny. I, it's been terrible here, too. And. I've wondered about the same things. It's just going to pin all the chihuahuas to the fence. Right. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good, though. Everybody seems to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's been something. It's definitely blowing winter in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so cold. Oh, so cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, weirdly, we didn't. We haven't had any snow yet. But it feels we like have at my house, but it's all burned off. It's all, you know, gone now. But mm-hmm. it's coming. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a huge episode today. This is our Monday episode and we've got a lot going on. My gosh, crime mm-hmm. is nuts right now. Like it isn't always, but it just seems nuts or nuts here. I don't know. Lots of terrible things happening, but also a lot of mm. updates, just a lot yeah. of things happening, developments in some cases. Yes. And so with that, I am going to turn the mic over to you for a true crime update. Yes. So last week we did mention that Gabby Petito's parents have filed suit against the police in Moab, Utah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought I'd give a little bit more detail on that because it is pretty interesting. So they filed a wrongful death lawsuit in Utah 
This was uh, last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And the they're accusing the Moab Police Department of failures and neg- negligence, which led to Gabby's death. And the family is seeking $50 million in damages. Ooh. Yeah. So there was a press conference last Thursday afternoon. Um, and attorneys for Gabby's family said she'd still be alive if they had followed if they had properly handled the domestic violence situation and followed the law in Utah. That's a, it's quite a, it's a big accusation. Yeah. And I mean, I'm absolutely horrified by the body cam footage and the way that Mm -hmm. it was handled having as a social worker and having worked in domestic violence, they definitely screwed it up big time. Um, But this is pretty damning. This is a pretty damning accusation. Those are, yeah, those are some pretty big words. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. But, you know, they did say that the police failed Gabby because they didn't adhere to their own laws and to their own best practices, the things they were supposedly trained to do. Right. Which is true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, They're saying that um, Officer Pratt was fundamentally biased in his approach to the investigation based on witnesses and other evidence that had come to light demonstrating Pratt, demonstrating that Pratt was a domestic abuser, which I thought was interesting. Oh, wow. Interesting. So they've got more here than it's more than the the cop cam videos. They know more. I think they do. Um, They also say that Pratt intentionally chose not to follow the statute stating i don't care if we use the actual letter of the law yeah yeah which he did do he he did do and you know i i never i never understood why through that entire video gabby cried hysterically the entire time Mm -hmm. and they spent the majority of their time talking to brian Mm -hmm. and leaving you know, playing kind of good old boy and with, with Brian about, you know, Gabby oh. gets, she just gets upset sometimes. And mm-hmm. Well, and proud. Um, well, my wife gets like this too sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. All of that crazy making gaslighting bullshit that mm-hmm. abusers do. And those police got right into it. Um, they did. They're saying also in the lawsuit that uh, that it's become clear that the officers involved did not fully investigate the threat that Gabby faced and did not follow the law. They knew they owed it to Gabby to demand accountability and change. Mm-hmm. That's why they've filed the lawsuit. They just, you know, to help her memory and also to maybe assist those Utah cops in uh, actually handling domestic violence in a way that protects people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, Interesting. So city of Moab released a statement saying no one could have predicted the tragedy that would occur weeks later and hundreds of miles away. And the city of Moab will ardently defend against this lawsuit. But of course, no one could predict it. However, right. Their own statutes could have been followed. The laws could have been followed. Things could have been done differently. Would Gabby have still died? We don't know, but. But there was, there was a possibility here. Mm-hmm. The thing is, nobody could have predicted it, really, because have you ever looked up the crime stats and how dangerous domestic violence situations are for women? And when these kinds of incidents happen, how much it increases the likelihood of their death? Yeah. The stats are there. 
the precedents are there. And so to say that to me feels very um, uneducated mm-hmm. because it's not unusual right. for the victim to be murdered in a domestic violence situation. It's not unusual at all. And they were so clearly under stress at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I can't speak that it's, you know, true or not true. All I can say is that, um, this would be a pretty precedent setting lawsuit if they win it. Mm-hmm. Well, and pretty compelling that they, it sounds like maybe they have some evidence that the public has not seen yeah. about domestic violence. And do you know, also the Moab police department clearly has some ongoing training issues, but just a couple of weeks ago, they were back in the news. Yes, they were. With a different incident with a female detect or female uh, deputy who pulled a lasso out of her car and said she was going to lasso a suspect, said she's been waiting for this day, and he was a black man, and she tried to put her rope out on him, and the other uh, deputies didn't let her do it. I mean, is that... How clueless do you have to be to not recognize how racist that is? uh, Yeah. I mean, and also definitely not protocol either. Def- not definitely. So what's not. going on in Moab that the uh, the police there t- seem to be just doing whatever the hell they want? Yeah. Well, I think there are going to be some changes here because even if they don't win this lawsuit, just the fact that they're being sued in this way and everything and things are being made so public about their officers, like there are going to be some changes, and there yeah. clearly have to be. Mm-hmm. So we will continue to follow that and let you know uh, when court begins and we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. For sure. Okay. Well, interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Yes. I feel like this episode probably should come with an enormous trigger warning because it is about a dead Mm -hmm. infant. Uh, and mother. And it's pretty terrible. It's, it's beyond terrible. It, it's it is. beyond the pale. Uh, but of course, we are talking about Ashley Bush. And I want to give you a timeline of events. But I think before we do that, I want to just go ahead and play just, I have about two and a half minutes of the press conference that came out. I, th- I think I'll start there. I There's no way to tell this story without bouncing around a little bit. So just be forewarned. We're going to be a little all over the map, but I think that you'll understand why uh, by the time we get there. So I think let's go ahead and take a peek at the press conference and then we'll move on from there. Okay. Thank you for uh, coming today. Um, with sad news, uh, we'll report something. Uh, over my career, this is one of the most horrific uh, uh, cases that I have been personally involved with. Uh, this is still an active case. I'll put that uh, out first, uh, that we will be limited to what um, details that we can give, because uh, this is a fluid working case at this moment. Um, Sheriff's Office on October 31st started working a case uh, of a missing person, uh, Ashley Bush. Um, some sad news, the report that we have found Ashley Bush, um, uh, who was murdered, in our opinion. Uh, we also have found her baby, uh, Valkyrie Grace Willis, uh, who's deceased as well, uh, was found in a separate location. 
I won't be able to get into details of that. We do have two people in custody. Uh, this has been a joint uh, case that we've been working with the FBI, the Big County Sheriff's Office, and uh, McDonald County, <clears throat> Missouri Sheriff's Office. Uh, the two people they have in custody right now are Amber Waterman and Jamie Waterman of Jane, Missouri, who are currently being held on kidnapping first-degree charges. Uh, we expect uh, further additional charges to come, and I'll let uh, Nathan Smith uh, speak uh, on where we're going with all that. Uh, well, obviously, we're all, we're uh, our hearts and prayers go out to uh, Ashley's family, and it's a terrible thing. Uh, we have been in touch uh, with uh, multiple jurisdictions. It's clear in this case that there are, there are multiple venues, if you will, that would have jurisdiction for the prosecution of this case. Uh, I've spoken to uh, our U.S. attorney and, and going to have conversations going forward with uh, our federal partners to determine uh, which venue is, is proper to proceed. Uh, the investigation still is ongoing. There are some things that, that we don't know now, and then there are some things that we can't say at the moment since it's ongoing. Uh, but at this point, uh, both of these individuals are in custody. Uh, I believe their federal charges relate to kidnapping uh, that led to murder. Um, and so there will be certainly overlapping charges as this case goes forward. Um, and so that's kind of where that is. So at this point, if, if you guys have questions, we'll be happy to answer them. What's the relationship of Amber and Jamie? So at, at this point, uh, what, what we believe is that are they a husband and wife? Yes. Yeah, they're husband and wife. Yes, we, we believe that um, Lucy was a fictitious name. A, a, a Lucy, that's the name of the day. Yeah. So I want to just really lay out the timeline because this, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. So on October 25th, 2022, a Facebook account was made in the name of Lucy Barrows. And Lucy was doing some posting uh, in a way that looks like now she was trying to poach a pregnant woman in. Mm -hmm. She was in local groups, uh, posting things like that she, uh, this one on October 24th, the day the account was formed. I have a bunch of baby items if any moms to be need them. There was another conversation with someone else who had posted in that group. Hello, first time mom here due in January. I'm looking for a small baby swing and maternity clothes. And Lucy Barrow commented, I have some tops in that size. I could meet you. I have probably 30 shirts and a couple of pairs of shorts. This person, um, lucky for her, did not meet up with Lucy after all. Could have been her. Uh, Lucy posted, uh, you know, responded to multiple posts. Uh, any women that were pregnant, she was posting, you know, to them. And let's here's her Facebook account, the new one. Uh, and at some point ended up in a conversation with Amber Waterman. I'm sorry, Amber, uh, not Waterman, that's Lucy. That's Oh, that is Amber. Amber and Lucy are the same person. Sorry, she ended up in a conversation with the victim. And she told her that she could help her get a job. 
it is such a sad thing because Ashley was pregnant and according to Josh, her fiance, he said, Ashley being pregnant, she has been having complications. She had some blood pressure issues uh, and the doctor has taken her off of work. Well, Josh also is uh, off of work because he's awaiting a back surgery. Mm. And there are three other kids in this home. Mm. So this is, there was like a very desperate need. It's a really sad poverty here. And she was capitalizing on that, obviously. So she told Mm -hmm. her online, she could help her. I'll help you get a job that you can do online. So Mm -hmm. that's how they connected. So on October 28th, Lucy met them at the Gravette Public Library to talk about a potential job opening. So Lucy said she also had baby supplies she could give them to help them out. And Josh says now he just didn't like her and felt kind of weird about it. But, you know, they really needed a job. And his wife was determined, Ashley was, her fiance was determined to work. Mm-hmm. She gave Ashley a bunch of paperwork that seemed official. Said they would email her and wait for the boss to contact her for another interview. She was basically calling this an interview. So then she reaches back out and tells Lucy that uh, they want to do an official interview and in Bentonville and that she'll come and get her and take her there for an interview with the boss. Mm. So on October 31st in the morning, uh, the fiance drops her off at a handy mart in Maysville, Arkansas, and he's supposed to be picking her up back there about three o'clock. Well, he got a text from her saying she was back uh, in Gravette and he could come and pick her up later in the day, Mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And when he got there, he watched them drive right past him in an older tan pickup. It was very weird. He was supposed to be picking uh, her up and instead they just drove right past him and kept on going down the road. And he said he was certain that his fiance was in that truck. Mm Mm-hmm. He tried to follow them and couldn't keep up. Mm. Amber uh, had the pedal to the metal and they were gone. Mm-hmm. So he was really worried. He knew something was wrong pretty much right away. So he and the family tried texting and calling her all night and just couldn't get her to answer. So they started trying to learn more about the company that Lucy worked for. And when he got a hold of that company, they told him that there's no Lucy that works there. Oh, no. So then he got really worried. Yeah. So he was able to ping her phone later in the evening, and he found it in a ditch about mm. a half a mile away from where he saw her in Maysville. So they kept searching. And that's where things... I, I'm going to switch over now to... Amber, you know, who's also known as Lucy. Mm-hmm. She really isn't just in this aspect. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at any rate, so let's talk about Amber. Well, Amber told the police that she was home the whole day with her son and another child on Halloween on the 31st. Mm-hmm. But 
Jamie said that he came home for lunch around noon and that she wasn't home, but that she called him at 4.30 in the afternoon and told him that she was having a miscarriage. Well, I don't know if Jamie's just not very smart or he doesn't know shit about labor, but supposedly Amber was a week overdue. What? Who's having a miscarriage that's a week overdue? Uh, no one. I mean, they may be having an emergency and a problem with um, labor or something. Just be in labor, not, right? Yeah. yeah. So he came home from work and they called 911 and said that she was uh, in labor and they were supposed to meet an ambulance at a store. This is all really, really rural. That, okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's a little sketchy, but. And Amber had a placenta in her pants. And they showed, uh, up, they showed up to meet the ambulance with a deceased baby. Oh, God. And the couple told the EMS that she couldn't uh, wait and delivered the baby in the truck and that the baby wasn't breathing. So they did try to revive the baby, EMS did, and they were unsuccessful. Um, the baby had been gone a bit, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, she was not breathing. And there was a medical helicopter on standby, ready to take Amber and the baby to the hospital, but the baby was deceased. And Amber refused to go to the hospital and said that uh, finally they talked her into just driving herself. So, or, you know, riding with her husband, they said, we'll go. And she tried to take the baby. But the coroner was there. Now, one of the things that you have to understand is this is two different states. Right. That's what's got the feds involved and, mm -hmm. and so, the jurisdiction issues they were talking about. Yeah, because Amber's home and, and Amber and Jamie, they live in Missouri. But... Uh, She's from, the, the victim is from Arkansas, and but they only lived a few miles apart. It wasn't a really far, you know, stint, but two different states. So, yes, that's why the feds are involved. Mm -hmm. So, the coroner, that's why this gets a little bit confusing, so I'm going to try and keep it straight for you guys. The coroner from McDonald County, Missouri, mm -hmm. his name is B.J. Goodwin. He also owns the funeral home. We've heard this before. Oh, Another, boy, haven't we, though? In Montana. Yeah. Yeah. So he wouldn't let her take the baby. He said that's obviously not how it's done, you know, and right. told her that he was going to have transport the baby to a funeral home that, that he owned and that they needed to call the funeral home in the morning to make some arrangements. Mm -hmm. So they also took the placenta from her. Like, that is so, what? Mm-hmm. Oh. Really weird and concerning. So, many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. They know that we have a missing woman, a missing pregnant woman from Arkansas, just across the border. And the police immediately, an EMS and the coroner all think something seems a little weird. Mm-hmm. So on November 1st, the next day, the police actually show up at their house and ask to search their home and they let them. They searched the home, they searched the truck, and they asked to search Amber's phone. And she told them that she'd lost her truck. She also told them that she was the only person that ever had access to that truck. They asked her if she knew about this missing person and mm-hmm. uh, she about Ashley Bush, and she said she had no idea who she was. They asked her who Lucy Barrows was, or if she knew her. And she said she used to work with her at Walmart, but hasn't seen her in a long time. Wow. And that's a story I think that she had also told Jamie. She is just bleeding lies. Also on November 1st, the Watermans went to the funeral home to plan a memorial for the baby. Oh, my God. So they made plans to have a funeral on November 2nd, on Wednesday, and wanted to have the baby cremated directly after the funeral. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, in the meantime, the Benton County coroner, so from across the border, called this coroner, Mr. Goodwin, Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, we want to do an autopsy on that baby. And he said, well, there's a service for her, uh, and then she's supposed to be cremated. And they said, yeah, no, we want a DNA swab, and we want to do an autopsy. Mm -hmm. So he decided that just in case they were wrong about this situation, they should go ahead and let them have their funeral and then tell them that we're not cremating immediately. They want to do an autopsy. So they had a funeral. And these people are gutsy. They named the baby Dakota, which is not her name. Her name was to be Valkyrie Grace Willis. Yeah. But they named her Dakota they had a funeral. He said it was an extremely sad and emotional event. They were there along with about eight family members, including some of their parents. My God. But remember, supposedly this fool was pregnant, right? Right. So after the f- service, he let them know that the, you know, they weren't going to be doing a cremation right away because there was a autopsy ordered and immediately he said that the waterman's demeanor really changed that they got upset that amber asked uh, multiple times if dns dna tests were going to be performed (laughs) and as soon as jamie heard that they were doing that he literally got up and ran out of the funeral home oh my god goodwin says it's hands down the craziest thing i have ever dealt with as a coroner i'll bet So this was on November 1st. 
No, sorry, this was on November 2nd, the memorial service. Mm-hmm. So then on November 3rd, and all the while, don't forget, Ashley's family is frantic and scared to death, and they know things are bad, mm-hmm. but they don't know what's going on. They have missing posters out. They are searching for her. They are scared to death yeah. that something really terrible has happened to her for good reason, right? But they're Definitely. looking, they're cooperating with police. They're trying to help. They have given her phone, of course, to authorities, and they're searching it. And again, this is why they're looking for this Lucy character. So the police know that something is serious up. They just don't know exactly what. So on November 3rd, they go back to the Watermans and they seize the, the, the vehicle, the pickup. And they discover in the pickup that there is blood mm-hmm. inside of it. So now they're really concerned. So they sit down with Jamie. Now, Jamie Waterman is not, in my opinion, very smart. Mm-hmm. And really got roped into something here. And is an idiot. Uh, I don't think that Jamie actually had anything to do with the kidnapping. He just got roped into the second half of this Mm -hmm. and wasn't uh, smart enough to just call the police at this point. Mm -hmm. So Jamie tells them that after they questioned them, Amber told him that she did kill Ashley Bush and then changed her story and said it actually wasn't her. It was Lucy who killed her. Lucy, who she used to work with at Walmart. Right, yeah. This is what freaking kills me. After the police left, and she tells him that she and or Lucy have killed Jamie, or, or killed the, the victim, they go outside, and she shows him exactly where she is. She is near a boat at their house covered in a blue tarp. The police were there! Holy shit. This is their home and the boat. Oh. So he takes a ring off of her finger that they held on to, rolled her body onto a tarp, pulled it out into their backyard to their fire pit, helped. He says that he only, he didn't do, he had to do that part because she wasn't strong enough. But other than that, he didn't do anything. He just instructed her on how to do it. Like, that's going to make this better for him somehow. No, he's 100% a co-conspirator at this point. What an idiot. So he gives her a a can of uh, oil, like chainsaw Mm -hmm. oil. Mm -hmm. And she pours it all over the body, or he does, or whatever. And they light her a fire, and then they pile some other... uh, garbage and wood and stuff on top of it to uh, to try to burn the body. And then what's left behind that doesn't burn, they move that into the bed of Jamie's pickup and they drive a short distance from their home and ditch the body. Jesus. So that's when they get arrested on the 3rd. So on the 4th, they showed up in court. They were assigned a public defender. And a federal prosecutor asked the court to hold them without bond until trial. So they were both booked into the Greene County, Missouri jail. And they're being held there for U.S. Marshals. Again, like we heard in the press conference, there's some real jurisdiction issues 
we don't know which state she was killed in. Right. And so it's probably going to be federal charges because it's interstate mm-hmm. and, and because the death of a child is involved. Yeah. And the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. So they have, they're, they're holding them both on kidnapping charges right now as of this, uh, as of this, uh, recording but those are going to change so don't take that to the bank because there are murder charges coming they just haven't come quite yet so that's the bones of it some things they don't know for sure yet they do believe that uh, ashley was killed by a gunshot wound to the head and they do believe that amber actually killed ashley and then retrieved the baby from her mm-hmm. um they don't know if the baby was born breathing or not the autopsy should show that whether right. she actually did take a breath or if she didn't there's some speculation that maybe ashley tried to get away and amber killed her sooner than she had intended on mm-hmm. and once uh once a mother's body has died you have a very limited amount of time to get a baby out of them before the baby uh, dies as well. And so uh, there's some speculation there that maybe things kind of went south and she didn't get it done quite the way she wanted to. Mm -hmm. But let's talk a little bit about her and this uh, fake pregnancy that she was supposedly going through. Yeah. Like she, she was supposedly overdue. She's been posting on Facebook and on TikTok for a while about this pregnancy and about what trouble her marriage is in. And it looks like that maybe he left her for a while or was threatening to leave her. At one point, she had posted on Facebook that she just didn't know if she could do this alone and just wasn't sure what to do and needed some encouragement. And all of these people are like, no, 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 you're going to be fine. You're a good mom. It's going to be okay. This post I found particularly interesting on September 6th. Oh, ultrasounds. Now, anybody can post, you can find ultrasounds all over the place. Right. And again, Jamie was an idiot. So I don't think he'd be easy, hard to trick. No. Or fool at all. It clearly doesn't know shit about pregnancies. So yeah. this is where she said, I need some encouragement, guys. The closer time gets, the more I doubt I can do this alone. Anyway, those there were a lot of posts like that on her Facebook page. One thing I found kind of interesting is that her Facebook page is still up. And so is Lucy's. And a lot of times in things like this, as soon as somebody's arrested, their socials get scrubbed. Right. But not this time, which I thought was fascinating. This is her Facebook page, and it is still alive and well. Wow. That looks like a TikTok. Oh, this is her TikTok. You're right. Oh, okay. I was like. Yeah. Her Facebook page is up as well, but this is her TikTok. Yeah. And on her TikTok, she has more videos of an ultrasound and stuff like that. Mm. But, I mean, obviously, um, some serious cray-cray vibes here and just evil stuff. So, you know, a couple of thoughts have come to mind. I mean, either she was hoping to steal a baby um, and pass it off as her own because she was clearly not pregnant. 
Mm -hmm. Or if she was, maybe she suffered a miscarriage early mm -hmm. and didn't want to admit that because her marriage was on the rocks. Mm -hmm. So she's been faking being pregnant for a while here. She does have an older son that to the best of my speculations is somewhere between 10 and 12. God. Is he hers? Well, hell, <laughs> I think all bets are off with this person right now. Probably be worth checking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. But, uh, you know, and so the other thought, of course, is that uh, what made her think that a 31 week or a 31 uh, gestation baby was going to live? Right. That's... Had Valkyrie been born in a hospital at 31 weeks, she very most likely would have. Mm -hmm. She probably would have had to live there for a while, you know. Right. Because that's pretty early. Though Josh did say that they were measuring about two weeks ahead. Wow. So. Um, but she was tiny and mm -hmm. so I, it's hard to know, or did she purposely go for a baby that she knew wouldn't live mm -hmm. because she just needed to end this whole pregnancy ruse. Right. She had to, yeah. I mean, she went to a lot of steps that make you think, uh, one of her TikToks, she talked about having the crib all set up and ready to go, uh, just very recently. So I'm not sure. I None and of it is, you know. Probably getting more and more desperate if she mm -hmm. was supposedly a week overdue. Yeah. And we had no way to show a baby. Wow. This, mm -hmm. It's horrifying. So I'm guessing that it was, you know, on the 24th of October when her first plan was hatched to steal a baby. Interesting, though, that uh, Ashley wasn't due till January. Uh, the other lady that she was offering clothes to, that she had 30 shirts for, and yeah, 30 I, pairs of shorts, 30 shirts. that uh, all, she was also doing January. She wasn't mm. talking to people, or maybe she was, and just wasn't that successful with people that were a little further along. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time we've heard cases like this, and it won't be the last, unfortunately. No. There are yep. crazy people out there and evil people out there that will do terrible things. When you, it actually seems sounds really familiar, um, similar to Bobby Joe Stinnett from Skidmore, yes. Missouri, that we've talked about, that we've covered on this case mm -hmm. or on this on our on this podcast. podcast. Yeah, and it was a similar, wasn't there? Like a baby clothes exchange or something that connected those two up. Yep, uh, Lisa Montgomery. Yep. Wow. It is a warning, unfortunately, to pregnant women, especially deeply pregnant women, that. Mm -hmm. uh, you may not be safe. You should be extremely careful yeah. and not go places alone, meet with people alone that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's insane that we should even have to say that, but that is the way of our world. So it is. I, it's a very vulnerable time. Terrifying. They will be back on uh, in court on the, not the 9th, which is uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday, or well, the Wednesday of this week. Mm -hmm. So we'll certainly keep an eye on this. Uh, obviously, this case is nowhere near done. There's, I'm sure, still a lot of information to come out. And as always, cases like this are very fluid. They're always changing. This is really early and preliminary. So if some details change, well, they might. So know that, you know, we're giving you the mm -hmm. best of what we know right now. Yeah. So, Christy, with that, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for some crazy, or what is it? Creepy crime. Creepy. Creepy mm -hmm. crime.
Well, this is an update in the Delphi case, but it is creepy. I also have to give you a caveat that it is unconfirmed. So this is the Daily Mail in the UK is who broke this. There's a lot of questions about whether this is true or not. But if it is, in fact, and the Daily Mail, to be transparent, is a tabloid. Um, however, it, it actually tracks with a lot of things that we think we know or that we have, that we think we may know, right? So this is involving uh, Richard Allen, who has been arrested in the Delphi murders and his connection to Keegan Klein, who is the man who is uh, currently on trial for child pornography uh, charges, but was the owner of that Anthony Schatz Snapchat account mm -hmm. that we've had some real concerns about. So um, what's being said is that he, Keegan Klein knew all along that Richard Allen was the killer of the girls in Delphi. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Keegan failed a polygraph around this situation. Mm -hmm. Polygraphs are not even admissible in court, but they, it is an indicator. Police have investigated him. They actually um, brought him from another state mm -hmm. for a little while as they were working on this case. <coughs> and so let me tell you a little bit about what um, a detective has supposedly said. So during the time frame where this grooming would have been built up to a meeting, like with Keegan Klein or Richard Allen, that history is gone in Klein's phone. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been wiped from the phone, which, you know, concerning. Whole mm -hmm. Anthony Schatz persona, which we know um, they've already determined that that account was being used by more than one person. Mm -hmm. So. Including King Klein's dad, right? Yes, including King Klein's dad. But the, the indication here is that it's possible that Richard Allen also had access to that account. And that Keegan Klein may have actually stopped using it about two weeks before the murder and that Richard Allen had begun using it. So we're going to leave that with, you know, consider yeah. that with a grain of salt. We know we don't have it confirmed, but it does answer a couple of questions. One is the police are still taking tips on this. And when that, that was said in the uh, press conference, we 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 both were like, uh, yeah, there's still a second person here, at yeah, least. They're telling us something, yeah. Yeah, and we've thought that all along. When you read this case, you said that, that there yeah. were two people. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to see more of that come out eventually, that there is some kind of connection here between Keegan Klein and Richard Allen. So mm -hmm. take it with a grain of salt, but when we have it confirmed and more information, we'll certainly bring that to you. Mm -hmm. For sure. Delphi yeah. is going to get wild. Well, all, the judge mm -hmm. has also recused himself for his own safety. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally fearing for his life. And mm -hmm. Richard Allen has been moved for his safety. Yeah. 
well, people in Indiana are sick of this bullshit. Yep. It's taken so long. And honestly, this is one of those cases that people around the world know about. Yep. And, you know, it is some, it is a reminder that we have to take a step back once someone's in custody and let the police do their job, mm-hmm. you know, and however we feel about how the investigation has gone or how long it took or whatever, or whatever the judge decides, because he, he started receiving death threats after he sealed the warrants, the search yeah. warrants for Richard Allen's home and mm-hmm. also um, his arrest warrant, the probable cause. Yeah. So that's when things kind of went crazy. Mm-hmm. And it is important to remember that these are real people and mm-hmm. this is a real legal case. And we don't want media or just people in general getting in the way no. of the legal system doing its job here. So, and you don't own this case. We don't own this case. The police own this case and the victim's families own this case. This is theirs. We are outsiders looking in. We've seen a lot of this with the Vallow case with people getting really bent out of shape, Mm -hmm. almost competitive about it and acting like it is theirs. It's not, No, it's not. You have to bear that in mind. Yeah. Yes, it's very frustrating to see stuff sealed. I get it entirely, but I want to see justice for these girls and for right. their families above right. all else. And I want and to see a killer off the streets. And that's what the judge is doing is trying to protect what they've got mm-hmm. for trial. And yeah. we know in many other cases that that is a very legitimate thing. We, we certainly want that because we want them to go to trial yeah. and, and to be convicted legally. In a, with a conviction that sticks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people are yeah. frustrated by this, but I think it's important that we uh, remember that everybody needs to take a step back and let the mm-hmm. system work. Yep. We've waited this long. We can yep. wait a little longer. Absolutely. Yep. All righty. Well, there you have it. This is Monday. So we'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode, Wednesday with a brand new episode, and then Wednesday night for case updates. So there's still yes. a whole lot more to come this week. Thanks for being here. Do something good for yourself today. You deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.